You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode, we'll be talking about germs, GI. On the line, I have Rob. Hey there. Ben. Hi there. And Kyle. Howdy. GI is the debut and only studio album by the American punk rock band, The Germs, often considered the first hardcore punk album. It was released in the United States in October 1979 on Slash Records. The producer was Joan Jett, and the genre is hardcore punk. I'm going to read from the book, Tim Scott. Sid was self-destructive. Johnny was snotty, Rollins was furious, and Johnny and Dee Dee were cartoon-like. Darby Crash was all of these. A charismatic and confrontational frontman, many took him as barking mad. Many happened to be right, but his oddball lyrics and unpredictable and incendiary stage show helped stamp the germs as one of the most influential punk bands ever. Released in 1979, G.I., or Germs Incognito, is a classic that has stood the test of time. Songs such as Richard Dagger's Crime and American Leather make it one of the best snotty punk albums ever. Like their chaotic live shows, some of the album sounds like it is all over the shop, and the production of Joan Jett, who promised Darby it would sound better than Nevermind the Bollocks, makes the record sound a little light, but slickness was never part of the Germs' appeal. Listen to a song such as Communist Eyes, and you can almost smell the bags of glue and cheap speed that were a big part of the scene in the early 80s L.A. As much as a commanding figure as Crash was, the germs were not just about self-laceration. Guitarist Pat Smear, who later went on to join Nirvana, co-wrote everything and was responsible for some of the biggest pure punk riffs of the time. Three years after the band's first live performance, Crash died of a reportedly self-inflicted drug overdose, but his and G.I.'s legacy in the annals of U.S. hardcore is indisputable. All right, what do we think of Germs, G.I.? Hell yeah. Yeah, uh, first listen. Yeah, what do you think? Same. It's exciting. I like it. I don't, of the different subgenres of punk, I think hardcore punk is one of the ones I visit less frequently. This is cool stuff. And uh, after my first listen, I was, I was kind of wondering... I'm assuming some copies of this probably found their way into the hands of the Zero Boys in Indianapolis, right? Because yeah. I, I hear oh, a lot yeah. of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this influenced a lot of stuff. Them, uh, Bad Brains was around this time. <clears throat> Misfits, Dead Kennedys, Black Flag. I mean, all those people were coming up in the hardcore punk scene. I'll just go say my first introduction to this album was at a cousin who's just a year older, but he was really into the skate scene in like Kokomo and uh, he, he knew some punks and it was just a big thing, you know, listen to punk rock when you're in high school and he let me borrow the, the CD 
And then what you did, obviously, was you dubbed the CD to a cassette because they didn't have CD burners. So I put it on cassette and I listened to this thing over and over and over. And I just never got into it. I don't know what it was, but <laughs> I've probably listened to this album more times. And it's like I just keep coming back and being like, I just I don't know about it. There's something about his voice and the 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 bad bass playing. I'm just going to be frank. It's kind of a bad <laughs> kind of bad bass playing. But this week I was really thinking about how good the guitar was. And Rob, you were talking about the lyrics, which I didn't have the lyrics at the time, but I went and read, finally read the lyrics. And I was like, it's a lot better than I thought. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> I need, I need I to, was, that's one thing I didn't have a chance to look into yeah. today. I need to look in, or this week, I need to look into the lyrics. Astonishing. Yeah. I, yeah. I never, I never gave him a chance. Just like I, after watching uh, Decline of Western Civilization Part One, like they were the worst band playing on it. Like, oh, yeah. They, just absolutely falling apart and like Darby Crash just couldn't string together a sentence. It like is that the one where people are drawing on him? Yeah, and like he draws on himself and he draws on himself and the people are drawing on him. Uh but during Manimal, like uh Penelope Spheres put up like subtitles underneath with all the lyrics on it. (laughs) And he's not saying like 99% of the words, but like <laughs> j- just off of that, like the, um, for a fucking like 20 year old man, like he was writing some, he, he was punching above his weight class as far as like lyrics are concerned. Um, and, uh, well, him and Pat Smear went to that weird school. Oh yeah. They met each other yeah. At. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, t- tell me more about it. I mean, uh, it's IPS, but it's some kind of, uh, I mean, this is in LA, it's some kind of alternative education program. Uh, that imparted principles of like Scientology. I don't know what EST is, but it's supposed to be some kind of Zen Buddhism, uh, which just sounds like some kind of weird seventies educational trend in LA or something. But um, I, I read that part of the curriculum was kid uh, students were able to design their own classes that they wanted to take. So Darby and, and Pat smear, designed the fruit eating class where they would just leave school and go to the market and eat fruit and then come back for the next period. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool. It sounds like a harmony school in Bloomington. Yeah. I was going to say kind of like a Montessori school. Yeah. Yeah. And it's around this same time that it, it wasn't Darby like getting really into like how to brainwash people. Like he was like yeah, yeah, looking yeah, into absolutely. all that stuff, and you, like right down to like using uh, oh man, how come I can't think of the word for hallucinogens? Using hallucinogens uh to 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 the effect of uh of uh brain control. Yeah, yeah, I, I that's the, one of the things I, I found so fascinating about the germs, um, just research and otherwise is it really felt like they. They even before they were a band, they were like, let's let's start a move a mini movement, sort of a cult like status before we even take the stage. You know, like let's make yeah, t-shirts, yeah. let's get all these people involved and be into the show. And you can tell even in uh the movie like Decline and other live performances, you'll see the kids in the front row are their friends who are just going crazy for them. And it makes everybody else in the club, th- you know, kind of have the same reaction of, oh, who are these, you know, 
who are these guys ha- that have the crowd all worked up and, and causing riots and stuff? It's just this gang of, of you know, germs fans that are that are sort of taking over these clubs at the time. Must be nice to have a following. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was yeah, it was it's like a rabid fan base that. Yeah, just, I know the, the fangirls, they have a name. I don't have it written down. Do you guys know? The name of the germs fangirls was. It's either no, ger- I don't. But Germ they scarred themselves or... by shoving cigarettes. They scarred themselves by shoving cigarettes like into their arms, and they're like had some kind of a a hold on people. He really drew people's attention, and I'm sure you guys have probably read a million anecdotes about the kind of shit he was pulling on stage. Well, their first show, like, um, they come on stage and they tune for like 10, 15 minutes. And then, like, a third of the way through their first song, uh, they stop and start it over. And then Darby Crash just shoves, like, the microphone in a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and people are going nuts, you know? <laughs> was that with uh, was that them before they knew how to play opening for the Damned? That's them opening for the Weirdos. Yeah. Ah, yes. Um, but I, th- I guess they would be L.A.'s first punk band, probably. Yeah, close to. Yeah. But wasn't uh, the the germs the first single the uh, was it Lexicon? Uh, help me out. Lexicon Devil. Yeah, uh, wasn't isn't that regarded the like the first punk record to come out of L.A.? Maybe the first. I read, I, I read that somewhere. Yeah, yeah that that like that that probably be the the first yeah punk record to come out. Like say, same as like. Dam's uh, New Rose was the first punk record coming out of uh, England just like a year before. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I watched that uh, that movie you recommended, Rob. The, uh, <laughs> w- what We Do is Secret. That movie fucking sucks. Uh, <laughs> okay, why do you guys think it's... I didn't watch it. What do, you, what do you guys think it sucks? What was it about? Oh, man. It, it is it is like a Hallmark channel. Like, uh, it's... The, it, the acting is horrible except for when they're doing the live shows and then it's very, very good. And I thought like that the, the guy that played Darby did a good job of doing a Darby. Yeah. Until, but then he was entirely too pretty to be Darby and too like eloquent to be Darby. Once he was off stage, that, that was my issue. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, but is this like a dramatization? <laughs> yes. It's a yeah. t- 2005 dramatization of uh, the germs. <laughs> I don't know if it was straight to DVD, but it vibes like a straight to DVD film. Yeah, it is not. It is not very good. It's very factual, which is. The- I learned a lot about the germs watching that huh. movie. And I thought the casting was good. Uh, yeah. Pat Smear looks like young Pat Smear. That's true. Uh, Lorna Dune looks like young Lorna Dune, and uh, what Don Don Balls? That guy looked just like the picture on the back of GI. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Like the first time I saw him in the film, I was like, oh, shit, it's that dude from the back cover of, of GI. <laughs> <laughs> that must be their drummer. Yeah, no, I, I, I would recommend watching it to, just to have a nice little uh, nice little laugh. But that's why okay. I was try- I was really trying to get you guys to watch it. Yeah, I mean, uh, th- th- thank you, Ben. I mean, it stars him. Shane West, who is known for uh, a walk to remember. Um. He's in was it ER? He's in. He's just yeah. He's he'll ca- always be Darby Crash to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Kyle uh, Lorna Dune was a uh, Bijou Phillips. That. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Was uh was Belinda Carlisle in the movie? Like, uh, yeah. For for a split second, yeah. 
Wow. Well, not Belinda Carlisle, but a, a, a young actress playing Belinda it's Carlisle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She she's I think wow. her only line is it's kind of like a breaking the fourth wall type of thing. Her only line is like, no, no, I was never in the band. I quit before their first show. And then that's like the whole Belinda Carlisle part. Did she say I have mono? <laughs> she did not say that. <laughs> but I do like the I do like the Belinda Carlisle connection to to the germs. I think that's really cool. Yeah, she oh, yeah. she was the first yeah. drummer. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. All right, let's talk about Darby though. I mean, as a frontman, where does this where is this going? Where does this come from? This is really, I think, my struggle with the Germs is that Pat Smear is a great guitarist. He does interesting things with the guitar, rhythm section, so so. I think really the Germs are are Darby, his legacy, what he's done. And that has sort of solidified him as this Sid Vicious type character that I think is a little overblown. Like, I think it, it gets more recognition because died young. He had uh, intense vision for, you know, creating this band. What do you guys think? No, I, I, I agree 100% with you on that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, I think had he lived a long, fruitful life, uh, I, I don't know if this album would have had uh, had the effect it had on the uh, the the people in L.A. or they they wouldn't have had the same effect. I don't I don't fucking know that man. Honestly, like uh, maybe they would have gotten really good and uh, put out some some more good records. But yeah, the uh, I don't know he. He's throwing off a Jim Morrison vibe uh, as well as like an Iggy vibe as well. Um, you know, he he planned on killing himself like when he was seventeen and in five years. So like, I don't know. His, he sticks his, to his plans. Yeah, his his vision was to was was to die, and he uh, he accomplished it to record one <laughs> album that he that was supposed to be a great album and die. Yeah, no, I I, I get that, but. Does the does the album speak for itself? Like, if I have no context of Darby, if I have no context of the band, the history, anything, does the album speak for itself? I don't know if that's if that's true. The story comes along with it, which is great. And if you read the lyrics, that's great. But I don't know. The lyrics was like integral to my yeah, like getting really into this band because I listened to it, you know, and you know it's hardcore punk, you know. Um, but I was shook when i looked at the lyrics like they're dense like um astonishing because i mean you hear it and then his delivery like his i don't know it's he so like off kilter he doesn't even deliver it that's the thing that's that's one of the things that puts me off but i think that's band. what's interesting about it yeah is that he wrote the lyrics i don't know i mean uh you take him out of this band and they're very boring in my opinion do you guys agree it's true. Yeah, no, he has he adds an element to the band. You know, like without Darby, they've got no vision, no direction. And without Pat, they've got no 
person that knew how to play an instrument at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Pat, Pat knew how to play guitar. He he owned a guitar, but not an amp. He going into it, he's the only one that knew how to play an instrument. So I think he, as far as the the this album coming to fruition, uh, as much as it's Darby's vision, I think gotta hand it to Pat for uh for being the person that knew how to play an instrument in the band. He's like the stable. I felt like he's always the stable one because you watch videos of him and he's like just playing guitar and and like Darby's like oh, yeah. just falling <laughs> all over the place and he's just kind of. St- sitting there with a stone face continuing to play guitar Reminds you, you need of, that guy in a band like oh, this. yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> uh what did you guys think of the last track uh the live one wasn't a fan i'm just not a fan of it just goes on it's monotonous it's kind of self-indulgent i don't know i thought it was fine but i was ready for it to be done long before it was actually done Agreed. Yeah, it it did represent. I do appreciate that it represented a lot of what they were doing early on in their in the Germs legacy. I mean, they would just play that song uh, and some other songs just over and over. And like Darby would just get real wild with the crowd and, you know, basically start a riot. So that was it's interesting to have those sort of long drawn out songs that is really a showcase like a doing something with the, like a live performance. I think that's also why I have a hard time is, is you, you don't have the live performance that you, you have with a band like this. This band is definitely a live performance. Whereas a a band Mm -hmm. like the Stooges, I can listen to that record anytime. It's great. And the live performance is also great. It's, you know, I could take either one and and really appreciate. Yeah, this I guess it's just a hot take for me. But but between those two bands, the Stooges have the songs, in my opinion. Like, oh, yeah. uh, of course, like Germs have a lot going on for them. Uh, historically, being like the first like hardcore punk band, and you know with, with Darby doing his whole like Jim Morrison Iggy thing. But they don't have the e- even just like album to album, uh, just like the the catalog of of songs that stick in your brain like the Stooges do. And that's just my hot take, I guess. I will say Lex Cun Devil does get stuck in my head sometimes. It's a good song. Yeah. Give me give this. Give me give me that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the closest thing they have to a pop song. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a fucking dumb question. But like sure. uh, as far as like L.A., punk is concerned like you know where does your uh you know what's your barometer for uh for a hardcore punk at that point in time like who's your who's your go-to like who, who's your second who's your third i mean it's black flag for me second probably dead, dead kennedys for me yeah or dead kennedys if you want i don't know if i i don't know if i consider them hardcore but definitely black flag dead kennedys is de- way up there too if yeah, if you could if if you could classify Dead Kennedys as, as hardcore, then Dead Kennedys I would say has the songs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, East Bay Ray is fucking phenomenal guitar player. Uh, they have Jello is a wild front man. I mean, they got a whole they're the like rhythm section. Everything is, is spot on for the Kennedys, and I would say that for Black Flag with or without Rollins, 
I mean, they yeah. were, I feel like that, I, I think that's, maybe you're getting at what I, I feel like is I would automatically put on a Black Flag record. I don't necessarily put on the Germs record. I just feel like it's a bit, the the rhythm section is just, it doesn't get me pumped up. I don't get excited by a lot of these songs. They're okay. Maybe I'd throw one on a mix or or listen to it sometimes, but Black Flag instantly, I feel a connection and it feels, I mean, like nervous, nervous breakdown, that song. I mean, that's, I would listen to that song over this entire album, you know, like Mm -hmm. that single to me is better than this entire album. And that's probably, I don't know what that's saying, but it's, I don't know. I just would, would much prefer other, other things other than this. I'm sure that uh, with, once the first happens, everything else is hot on its heels. Uh, this is 79. Do you know when we, when when the listener starts getting uh, like a Black Flag, Dead Kennedys type stuff? I don't know when. 79. Yeah. 79? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, you, can, uh, you can credit the germs for being, you know, first. You can credit them with being the first hardcore band and like everyone, like they, they paved the way. Then Black Flag came in and you know, just kind of made it a real thing. Um, I'd go circle jerks over black flag, but okay. that's mm. just circle a, jerks. yeah, well, I just think one Robert opining. Yeah. I think we're going to get circle jerks. So we'll see about that. Yeah. Black flags, they formed in 76 and I can't remember when the first like EP came out or I think it was 79, man. Yeah. It was like, real it, close. It should be right around the corner. Yeah. In, in uh bad brains, black dots is 79 even though that wasn't like released right away. I mean, there's tons of, that's the other thing. There's tons of other bands doing this, uh, a similar thing. I don't know. Germs. I think also I get turned off because I feel like germs get this praise. They get, I mean, you see it everywhere. So many punks have like, have this like germs aesthetic. It's like the germs, you know, the same way Sid vicious is this icon of, of sorts. And it's, I just feel like it, it's it's fine. It just I don't understand the the cultish sort of like dedication to the to the germs as a fixture. I understand a Darby Crash cult more than I understand a Sid Vicious cult. Yeah, for sure. Sid um, Vicious yeah. is it's just it, it, I don't know hot takes again, but just just empty angst, you know. Whereas Darby at least had focus. Speaking of empty angst, I found out that Joan Jett uh, was the producer on this record. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. a cool fact. Yeah. I found I found that out because I was reading the comment section like an idiot on uh, on the YouTube channel that this oh, thing yeah. was streaming on. And oh my god, I was there too, buddy. Oh god, why oh. why are they such fucking chauvinists, man? Oh, <laughs> interesting. Um, the last track, that nine minute song. Uh, like the first verse aren't transcribed anywhere on the internet. But if you listen, um, they do talk shit about her a little bit. (laughs) Depending on who you talk to, she was passing out a lot in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) He says Joan Jett and like talks some shit for a little bit. Probably like minute seven. Yeah. I'm surprised Darby noticed anyone passing out in the studio. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. They asked her about it. She's like, I only passed out once. (laughs) That's fair. Rob, that that movie, that what we do is secret movie. I definitely recognized uh, Dave Vanian and Captain Sensible uh, that, <laughs> when they were being interviewed by by Slash. Yeah, and so that like 
because it never says that's who it is, but it's obviously who it is type of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was kind of like, my eyes were already on the alert to be looking for people. And at one of the shows, there's someone that I, I, I was hoping he would come back because I swear it was someone that they were trying to make look like Jello Biafra, like right up front. (laughs) And like the camera like lingers on him just long enough that I'm like, okay, it's like he going to show up like at a diner in a few scenes and introduce himself. Like, but there was never a callback, but I still think that they tried to throw a Jello Biafra in the front row of one of the crowds. I would believe it. (laughs) I did catch, I did rewatch the uh, decline at least the germ section, and I did catch uh, John Doe from X, X Los Angeles, oh, cool. uh, yeah, uh, yeah. of like front, st- front and center, and I was like, "Cool, yeah, X, of course." They're also great LA uh, punk band. I think we're going to get really consider them hardcore, though. Would you? <sighs> nah, not quite. They're... Not quite. They're very good at their instruments. They're a pro band. Also, they're a mm-hmm. bit older. They're an older generation band. We'll get to them though. For sure. Do you guys want to hear a quote from John Doe about Darby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this is kind of how I felt when I actually checked this out. But he said, uh, you didn't know the words because it was all like war, war, war <laughs> when Darby sang uh, live. So everyone was astounded when they got that first Slash record and actually read the lyrics. They were great. Yeah. I felt the same way. I was astonished when I actually had the words in front of me. They're, they're very good lyrics. Um he delivers them is so like bizarre anti-singing if these guys would have carried on i feel like they would have been kind of like a like a like who's do i don't know they could have okay. got like weird and experimental like yeah yeah no i could see it like, oh, we're, over, we're over hardcore punk we're doing something different the next record you know mm-hmm. so, like let's i don't know kyle where'd you find the lyrics uh did, was it on a website that just had like an orange background to it? Uh, I, I get all my lyrics from Genius Lyrics. That's you a know, good one. The They've got the commentary too. Yeah, the, the the one that I found was just like so uh, maybe a, maybe someone's like Tumblr page where it was all listed, <laughs> and when you got to the very bottom of it, there was just the picture of Gigi Allen getting blown. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was wondering if you if you came across that. <laughs> no, I stay off the Tumblrs, bro. And that's, something, that's something you'll never find on Genius Lyrics, unfortunately. <laughs> Just unsolicited pictures of Gigi Alley getting blown. Uh, decline Western civilization like they uh they kind of faked the um the interview with him like uh where he's making like a uh, breakfast um because uh Darby was by and uh, he he had a long time like live in like maybe boyfriend or whatever is that the guy uh, Rob from the movie yeah and uh as opposed to having him in it like they he, he was you know they wanted to make sure that like it looked like he was straight so they threw that that girl in and uh really yeah so kind of tacky. kind of a bummer that's kind of um, tacky it seems like come on Penelope. it seems like if if darby had anything to say about it he wouldn't give a fuck you know yeah I'm not, i mean yeah i yeah. i don't know i i didn't know the guy personally but uh nah, me neither 
Oh, also, um, his death was completely overshadowed by the fact that uh, John Lennon was shot the uh, like the, the night next day. day. No, yeah. the, the same. It was the same day. Oh, really? Like, sure? Yeah, yeah. Le- Lennon, oh, Lennon oh, died. Yeah. Lennon died. Darby Crash OD'd. Darby Crash didn't even make the fucking like local news. Yeah, like for dying. Yeah, yeah. I heard. Uh, I also read that. Um, a lot of people were kind of upset with the decline uh, posters and the cover because it, it's Darby. I mean, it's a striking cover. It's him like on the ground with kind of the marker on his face. And it looks like he's like kind of strung out and just like passed out or something on stage. And that was like the poster that came out like right when he had died. So it almost yeah. looks mm. like, you know, it's almost like a reference to his like death. So it was kind of a. Oh, I just pulled it up. Yeah, I, uh, I could see that a bit. Uh, people were kind of uh, who knew him were kind of shocked that uh, the poster had reflected that, um, you know, his death and everything. All right. What do we think of the album? If someone likes punk rock, I would recommend it to them so they could listen to it and be like, oh, this isn't what I wanted to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, after a few listens, they, they might dig it. I, there's a lot more on this record that I liked than I thought I would. And that was only because I hadn't listened to them based on the performance they gave in the decline uh, movie. So I, I feel kind of like a fool about that. And yeah, the, the lyrics are really deep for a strung out 20 year old. So uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd go positive on this. Cool. Uh, first listen. And, uh, I think that I'm going to, I think that I'm also going to land on positive. Uh, I don't know how often I'm going to revisit germs GI. And uh, although I, I, I do like multiple bands that consider themselves uh, hardcore punk. It's not always the, the genre that I reach for, but it definitely, it's got the historical value of being the first. I think that Darby crash is a, a really interesting person to have learned a lot more about this week and uh yeah i think it's got enough going for there's enough layers of this onion uh and i haven't really gotten into the lyrics yet so that's something i that's like a whole new uh angle that i'm, I'm going to be looking at this album from uh in the near future but i think uh yeah yeah I, it's going to land on the positive side for me this is a this is a cool record Rich, um you guys have mentioned that uh maybe this band is overrated Mm-hmm. You know, um, is overstated. Um, first decline movie in like 15 years. I'm embarrassed about this, but I kind of conflated this band with uh, Fear. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Going back and listening to it again, um, you know, like Rob said, I'm going to, in stages, I was like, oh, you know, I get this. It's, it's hardcore punk. And then you kind of read more about the, you read the lyrics and, um, Birch with your criticisms like I can I can see listening to this over and over and just uh, you know it's not the best produced record but it is raw you know like and I, I feel like album deserves to be stacked against like never mind the bollocks or something to see you know what was coming out of the punk scene um, in these in the late 70s um, so I'm going to give it a thumbs up a, a reluctant thumbs up I, I feel like you kind of know if you're going to like hardcore punk you know, at this point, but a, a pleasant discovery for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Yeah. 
I think I'm just gonna stick with neutral. I, I I don't I wouldn't go negative because it has enough of the Stooges energy ideas and Patchmere's some Patchmere guitar playing is has those discordant chords, um, some ringing out tones that I, I don't think were really prevalent in a lot of the other um, like hardcore bands at the time. Although Black Flag, pro- you know, would probably be the the most similar to that but yeah it just doesn't strike me i just i don't go back to it i don't really recommend this album to people um who would ask for a recommendation for like a band around this time la or whatnot um i don't know i just can i've just never been a germs germs fan and i just don't get into it it's weird it's it's really weird too to see the the I mean, just thinking about some of the parallels between him and uh, Charles Manson sort of uh, ideals of, no, yeah, let's just start this whole cult of people who have the shows and we can be famous. And, you know, that that sort of ideal of the Hollywood L.A. like we can be immortal with our with our actions and. craziness and and things Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know of any of the uh i don't know of any of the those la punk bands like from this time that turned into like awful fascist monsters um nobody that i mean we're going to get into more of them, so I could be proven wrong very quickly. But as of right I now, I mean, if you ask Jello Biafra, I think everybody else in the Dead Kennedys did, but um. <laughs> they sold out or they, they wanted to sell out and he wouldn't let them. But let's talk about the Dead Kennedys. First, that's that's for table. future Rob and oh, Kyle. Yeah. And I Birch can bring it back Dead. around. The uh, Jello Biafra was definitely against having uh, the germs reunite without Darby and play those uh, a couple of shows with their. Um, their actor singer <laughs> as the front man. <laughs> I thought. You mean in two thousand nine, where they got their uh, their, yeah. their name on the Guitar Center Wall of Fame? Yeah. With and didn't Guitar Center just go bankrupt? All right, make sure that we carbon date this. <laughs> yeah. Good, goodbye, Guitar Center. We barely knew ye. Yeah. <laughs> the shit out of that place. <laughs> So what's this about getting on the Guitar Center Wall of Fame when they played shows with with the actor that played Derby Crash? You can't just drop that and then then walk away from it. Yeah, that's what happened. Really? Yeah. I read that they played the shows. When I read that, I thought I'm like, oh, what a cool like stamp of approval for the for the actor to get from the band on his like portrayal. Like obviously they gave it the thumbs up, and yeah, that Shane was really West. as much as I. Yeah, yeah. I, I that was as much as I thought <laughs> about it, but I, I didn't. No, it was. It, was it just some kind of like corporate cash grab? Sounds like it. it. Sounds like a scheme <laughs> from Entourage. <laughs> Where's Turtle? I mean, t- he he was also in some other bands. It wasn't just like he, you know, didn't know music at all. So th- that's uh, it's understandable, and I understand be- wanting to. I mean, I would love to be frontman for the Germs uh, reuniting, but I. It's one of those things that I always feel is just. Enough is enough. I mean, there's there's no reason to do it. It's like when the yep. Sex Pistols went on tour again. It's like, who who the fuck cares? Enough is never enough when there's a Foo Fighter involved. <laughs> okay. 
All right. Next time we'll be talking about the B-52s. Woo! Yeah. Woo!